Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's David Kay, voice of Beast Wars Megatron and TFA Optimus. You're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Will these infernal setbacks never end? The revolution begins now. Transformers, Bolden meets the eye. Transformers, robots in disguise. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. New Transformers Animated. Can anyone stop the sinister Starscream? Luckily, the city has new protectors, Optimus Prime and the Autobots. They're teaming up to take down the Decepticons and save the city. Transformers Animated. Each sold separately. Actual change time will vary. Hey, sorry here. This episode of Transformation Animation Podcast features Stephen C. Phillips, Mike Blanchard, and Michael Wilson. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, TFG and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Good day, sir. And Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Um, this show, this episode of, of TAP is dedicated to the memory of Optimus Scourge. Uh, Gary Clark, uh, for those of you who may not know him, he was really, really big in the Transformers fandom. Uh, he passed away this past week, and uh, a lot of us that knew him, uh, he was on ToyCast in the very beginning. Uh, his very first show that I recorded with him was a segment for TFG1 Podcast for the Transformers, the movie episode, episode 16. Um... I, th- I think it was Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, he passed away Tuesday, but Wednesday morning I saw uh, Randall NG, the guy that does the the Transformers BotCon videos with Dr. Smoove. I saw he made a post on Gary's wall saying, you know, I wish that you, you know, I wish you and I had gotten to know each other a little bit better. You will be missed. Rest in peace. And I was like, wait, Gary died? And then I started seeing everybody post all these these you know memories and and pictures and everything else and no one knows how he died. The funeral is this uh, well after the as of this recording, the funeral is this Sunday, October second. Uh, this episode will be released the day after. Um, but it was just it was just one of those things that just really shocks you because I mean. Gary was one of those guys that he always wanted to put good karma out there, um, and that's just the way he was. 
he uh, he had been to several botcons. He met Peter Cullen a couple of times. Um, he actually has, which he used he, he used to use for all his profiles, uh, a picture with him and Cullen. Uh, and it's just really, really sad that he's gone because it was like it was like one of those things that was just so sudden. Um, so, he was a young guy too. Yeah, he was. He's a little bit older than me. A little I bit younger. I think than he was me. like almost mid thirties. Yeah, he was like thirty-two, thirty-three, something like that. That's just that's still crazy. Yeah, that's almost like when TF Master passed away years ago. Yeah, um, you know, and someone, you know, Gary was someone who was, you know, deep in the fandom. I mean, he was everywhere. He didn't just do stuff with us. He did stuff over at TFW. He was on their photo staff. He was on their podcast. Uh, you know, he 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 and uh, Lupus Convoy, who uh, um, is one of his best friends, um, who was on Secret Origins with me. Uh, he and Lupus went to TFCon 09 together, and they had a blast. Um, he's he'll never be forgotten, but he will be missed. Oh yeah, rest in peace. Uh, yep. So the other things we have to talk about uh, here in the intro this time around, I guess, uh, Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, you've been uh, creating stuff for us. Yes, I've been uh, working on graphics to put to the GCRN stores, which uh, currently are located on uh, Zazzle, which is a very popular uh, location, as well as that other site that I'm looking up right now. Um, Spreadshirt? Yes, yeah, Spreadshirt, which, uh, for those inquiring the difference between the two, Spreadshirt is a little bit cheaper, and they kind of cater to smaller sizes a little bit. Yep. Uh, whereas Zazzle is a little bit more pricey, and uh, it's uh, bigger sizes that Spreadshirt doesn't have. Yeah. Where it gets pricey for t-shirts on Zazzle if you need like 3, 4, 5, 6X. Because um, I looked at a couple of our shirts on there. And for me, someone who has to wear like a 5X, it's $8 additional it, it, you know, on the price. Uh, so that's not bad. I mean, w- whatever. But hey, you know, at least it's a shirt I can wear from the network. So Yeah. And then, so I've added that to the top. I've added the donate thing back in there. Um we also now have uh, Stitcher Smart Radio, which there'll be an ad for that in here uh, later yep. on, uh, which we're also now partnered with. So, yes. Yes, it'll give you more details on that in the ad later. I'm not going to sit there and... And go through the whole spiel. Yes. But, but there's a link on the site, so check it out. The other stuff in, in, in Zazzle store is very, very cool. Uh, you can get any all kinds of different mugs. There's different mug variations. Uh, you can get stickers that say geekcastradio.com, Unleash the Geek in You. There's a mouse pad that you can get. So it's not just T-shirts or sweatshirts. It's, it's also other little knickknacks. And, you know, if you're wanting to support us and give your people presents for Christmas, there you go. Michael, what have you been up to? Uh, still sick. Still, God. I, I, you know, I think I was sick the last time we talked, and that was, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was sick then, and I had a head cold, and I, I got over that, and the head cold went into my chest, and I think that's 
basically what I had last week where I was just, I couldn't talk as my throat was all scratchy and I couldn't barely breathe and, and it was, it was horrible. And then I got through that and, and then I got a, a really horrible, you know, sore throat because the, the, uh, uh, the lymph nodes were swollen in my neck. And I, you know, I can complain about my ill health all day, but, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to feel better. I'm able to speak now. I can talk. Um, uh, my head doesn't feel like a brick. My chest doesn't feel like a brick. Um, I'm going to see how long I can go tonight. Yes. Um, yeah. So really quick before we move on to the episodes, um, we, as we said in last, in episode nine, the last episode, we didn't get a chance to listen to Optimus Solo's Cybertronian clip before the episode went to air. So when I was listening back to the episode, I found some stuff that I disagreed with him on. So, um, first one is from uh, A Fistful of Energon. Uh, he was saying in that that he didn't like, he, he doesn't like um, the scene with Prowl and the whole anime power-up thing. Kind of like the Power Ranger type scene of the whole power-up thing. And my note was, if you didn't like it with Prowl, you're not going to like a certain scene with Sari in Season 3. Um, and there's no spoiler in there, but I'm just saying that... that oh, that's, that's when she combines with Optimus Prime. Shut up! You're not supposed to say it. What? <laughs> oh, God. That's when she joking. becomes a... She doesn't combine with Optimus Prime. No, yes, she becomes a super midget and, and combines with uh, Bulkhead's testicles. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Damn, yes. What's your location? I'm directly below the sorry. Yes. I'm Uh, sorry you're down there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I'm hanging so low. (laughs) Wow. Um, And then in SUV, uh, Kevin basically said that I was Nanosec. No, I am not fucking Nanosec, you asshole. He said that because Nanosec was the one that came up with the acronym for for the gang name and all that stuff. Um, and then <laughs> he's, he's I already gang Kevin name. <laughs> Kevin mentioned that uh, he thought it would have been cool to have the two bounty hunters, Swindle and uh, Lockdown, in a bar together. Swindle is not a bounty hunter; he's an arms dealer. But I had already mentioned that to Kevin off air. Uh, and then for Auto Boot Camp, um, he was mentioning that he he doesn't mind. He actually likes that they're you know making homages to the different characters, but. He didn't like Tom Kenny's version of Waspinator or Wasp, uh, and I and I and I and I understand that. I mean, Steve did, didn't like it either. Obviously, no one can really voice Waspinator other than Scott McNeil. But for as I said last time, for what Tom Kenny was handled, I think he did it very well. And it's not just them trying to bring in Beast Wars characters. Wasp was his own character before the frame up. Wasp had no. Uh, traits of Waspinator at all uh, before so he went crazy, uh, right? Yeah, before he went crazy. Um, eh, so yeah, I think we we brought that up during the episode. I don't remember. I'm pretty yeah. We brought it's been well, three fucking weeks. I don't remember. I, I distinctly remember thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have a cutscene with Swindle and uh, Lockdown, you know, exchanging information like in a bar or a strip club or something in space. Yeah, and, and, and that would be cool, but the way Kevin had said it was he called Swindle a bounty hunter, which Swindle is not. Oh, well, clearly. It's an arms dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see how their clientele would overlap, though. Oh, yeah, because you'd be supplying Lockdown with weapons or mods, yeah, so. 
All right, we are going to get into some episodes today. I can't believe they just left me here. I'm a vital member of the team. How can they find those construction bots? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without my key. <sighs> now I'm stuck here all alone. Here all alone. No, this is my house, and I'm going to defend it. I'll show them I'm just as tough as they are. Even though I'm talking to a teddy bear. First up today is Sorry No One's Home. While Prowl and Sorry practice agility skills, Bulkhead comes in wander comes wandering in to inquire about the source of a dripping sound that is annoying him. He soon tracks down the sound to Bumblebee, who is leaking oil, and Ratchet ends up having to use his magnets to free free him from Bulkhead. Optimus, Prowl, and Sari come in, and Prime informs them that Scrapper and Mixmaster have surfaced again. Um, yeah, I'm going to get to the little, the little clip there in a minute. Uh, so, again... Like, I, I get that they want to teach Sari self-defense, but she should not be taught self-defense from a giant machine that could kill her. <laughs> I don't think he's so much, like, jumping and pouncing on her, and, you know, I think he's putting her through an obstacle course, which she tries, you know, unsuccessfully throughout the episode to master. Yes. Total overusage of the key to commence. I don't make a lot of keynotes, but... What? Total overusage of... I can't believe you're not picking up on this. When, well, no, when I mean, they, she, she used it once to open the goodie bag or to, you know, the vending machine to get all the candy out. And she, she used it three different times on three different vending machines. And how the hell do they have vending machines in there? Seriously, how, how do the Autobots have vending machines in their base? I mean, seriously, what is this, a car wash? Well, they don't have a pantry. I mean, they got to keep their food somewhere, right? They're not going to feed her live rabbits every day. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Don't you mean dead Petro rabbits? <laughs> in the one episode where they were trying to figure out what she eats, she actually had a rabbit jumping across the table. I know, yeah. That anyway. was a, there was All probably right. a live petrol rabbit. They probably deep fried it. <laughs> it's a little obscure, don't you think? No, it's a G1 reference. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of G1, this whole time that she was doing all this fun stuff, I could have sworn. Now, I'm going to have to ask Derek or Marty or somebody that was working on the series if this was true. Was it just me or was she humming the G1 theme? She was. Okay. I thought it was. I thought I was going crazy. Or it's either the G one theme or the Transformers animated theme, very slowly. Mm, could be. And my final note, because I did not spend a lot of time on this episode. Turn this episode off and watch Home Alone. It's funnier. Oh uh, no, it's not. I hate Macaulay Culkin. I just don't like. If Sorry had slapped her face and went, ah, I would have turned it off. <laughs> this is it no more you know but they did have 
you know, kind of like the Joe Pesci character come in. Well, that's because I mean, Mix Master, Mix and Scrapper are basically Pesci and uh, and uh, Daniel Stern's characters. They're basically Harry and Marv, essentially. Because, yeah, yeah, because this episode is a parody of of Home Alone. Right. Because of course, when two palookas bust into your house to steal stuff, the first thing you do as a little kid is set up elaborate traps to punish them. <laughs> I I still love the first two Home Alone movies. I don't care what anybody says. I I grew up watching them, so I was ten years old when the first one came out. So leave me alone. I liked it. It was funny. Sigh. Lay sigh. Lay sigh. Steve. Oh God, Steve's gonna really hate this one because it's all sorry. So Steve, let the hatred begin. Steve, wake up! Here, my microphone is on mute. I um, hate it when that oh, happens. So, oh, so you pulled a Wilson. <laughs> well, yes. at least you weren't like belching and farting when you thought it was on mute. You know. Yeah, yeah. I did chuckle, but more so a cackle. But whatever. Um, yes, this definitely had vibes of Home Alone in it, with uh, Gigantor robots. I, uh, while I I don't care for Macaulay Culkin, I like the Home Alone movies better than I like this episode, uh, because one, it has time to actually set up these particular traps, where Asari is like, hmm, how can I do this? And then she just sets up a bunch of traps that she literally has no time for because she's talking to a teddy bear. Yeah. And I don't care for the uh, Constructicons at all. While they are humorous, I'll give them that. They are humorous. They're asinine at the same time. I would rather watch them, though, than watch Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to get more asinine in Season 3. Oh, my God. But, yeah. I... Yeah, I did not... And then Sorry wearing, you know, hockey get-up and... And, yeah, it just... it It was so stupid. And then it takes all the Autobots to not be able to defeat Blitzwing. I've got a note about that when when we respond to Kevin. Another He's stupidity tough. bout. So yeah, but yeah, that's I could have done without this episode. I think this episode. Before I let Michael go, I think this episode was a nice kind of not so in your face action episode kind of setting up for a bridge too close to because i mean a bridge too close to parter there is non-stop action in that and we'll get to that but i mean this episode is kind of like um it's kind of like if you look at uh justice league steve where you have uh the the two-parter wild cards you have that comfort and joy christmas episode which is nice and soft and then you have star crossed in season two so this is kind of like the bumper this is kind of like the the lull in the um, yeah, in the episodes to set up for all the action that we're gonna get later. And by the way, that uh, music it was more than meets the eye. I knew it was just, just to a different tune, but it was yeah. more than meets the eye. And Spark Plug is actually credited here. Is he? Yes. Wait, the dog or the human? The human. The human. Where did he show up? I, didn't, I missed him. He, he, he was, was driving. Yeah, he was driving the construction vehicle that Bumblebee oh, that's right. savagely that's attacked. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Right, right. Didn't okay. do any damage to it. He just kind of savagely attacked it. Right, yeah. So what do you got for sorry no one told Michael? Uh, first off, I, I was wondering when did they get an Autobot symbol on the floor? <laughs> Maybe Bulkhead painted it there. They Maybe. had a yeah. local contractor come in. <laughs> Our secret base needs a giant Autobot insignia on the floor. Uh, you know, and when I this is the first time I saw it, but I, I know that it comes into play later on down the road. But I was like, wow, that is cool. When do they put that there? That's so the Decepticons know whose base it is. Exactly. Welcome. Yeah, when you're flying through the air, you know, you look down through the broken skylights and see the huge Autobot logo, you'll know this is where they live. Uh, Bumblebee is bleeding from the wrists. <laughs> Don't do it, Bumblebee! You have I so have much to slice my wrists! Exactly. <laughs> I can't just, take it anymore! I just can't take it! Just bleed! Drip, drip, drip. Yeah, you, it's like, somebody get the kid a Band-Aid. He's just bleeding everywhere. But, uh, you know, and that's, it leads me to my next point is, you know, if, if Bumblebee is throbbing oil, I mean, it's just pouring out of him as he drives down the street. Is oil still a metaphor for poop? <laughs> you know, Could oil be. Changed. That's you know, it's like, is he just pooping as he drives down the road? I mean, poop, poop, poop. Is, is it like poop. duty man? I am Captain Cropper. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, because at first I'm thinking he's bleeding, it's blood, you know. But if it's blood, then the Constructicons are vampires. Because they drink oil by the gallon, or, you know, by the 55-gallon drum. And it just seems kind of strange, because they're not eating poop, I'm assuming. They're, they're drinking blood, and that's... It doesn't make any sense. My they don't, is bleeding! Yeah, they don't sparkle. The Constructicons. Oh. That's sparkling. Bumblebee. He's... They do change color, which is kind of cool, but that's a little yeah, bit later. But no spark. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, smoke screen, <laughs> smoke screen or giant fart? <laughs> <laughs> Vaporize. That came out as a horrible bullet point statement. Um. Yeah. There's a scene. <laughs> there's a scene where Mixmaster lets out a a smoke screen kind of. It looks like he. Looks like he let out a huge fart. I thought it was funny. It's a silent but deadly. It's <laughs> practice and uh, perfect. I'm trying to remember what was the episode before where Prime tells Sorry that she can't tag along. Um, there's probably numerous ones. There's at least one where he's like, "No, you stay behind because you're too tiny," and yeah. she's like. Screw you, man. I hate you. And then at the end, he ends up apologizing. Oh, uh, no. It was a uh, season one finale, uh, Megatron Rising, because that, that was when they took the key away from her. Okay. They were saying that she was too small, that she wasn't responsible enough, and she was too small to take care of the key. Yeah. And then by the end, he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And this is just a rehash of that. You're too little. And then by the end, he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, you know, grow back, Ho Prime. You know, tell her, look, you know, you're still too damn small. I don't care what you did. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It just didn't make much sense to me because the Constructicons are, are, you know, they're just being dopey Constructicons. Yeah. And and they they just happen to tumble into Prowl's obstacle course. Yeah. And it's not as if, I mean, Sari's not really doing anything to them. I mean, she, she snaps a hockey stick over one of them over his ankle or something and they kind of look at her like what was that <laughs> like like was it was did, what was that but then they stumble into you know this obstacle course and finally you know they, they get hammered <laughs> and yeah. i was expecting her to say something like give up or are you thirsty for more <laughs> you know which a would have tied directly into home alone and b you know, would have doubled as a, like an oil joke. Yep. Yeah, but no, nah, that's the whole wrong movie. It was just wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and in the end, you know, Sari clears the conveyor belt obstacle course. Yep. She, she actually pulls it off. So it's like, haha, I am ready to face down Constructicons. But not in reality, no, she's really not. <laughs> so yeah. That's uh, that was it for me. I kind of feel as if this episode w- was just a huge throwaway. Uh, it, I don't. It is. Yeah, um, I don't really feel that 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 uh, sorry needed justification. I mean, I, again, we've already put her down once and said, "No, you're too little," and then had to apologize at the end. We really don't need to do that all over again. Oh, that th- I mean, that's a running gag throughout the entire series, especially when, um. You know, a, 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 a few scenes happen in season three. So yeah, yeah. Well, that, we get to that. That's too. a gag that will never stop. I mean, that's that's just a crutch of the series. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There was a uh, one last point. I'm sorry. There was a, a commercial break basically, uh, but just before that, Blitzwing picks up two tanker trucks and basically launches them toward the Autobots. And there's a scene. Again, just before this commercial break where it fades to black, but there's a yeah. scene where they're all kind of standing there in the road, and the shadows from the two trucks are kind of getting larger and larger and kind of converging over them. And Prowl yeah. looks up and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That, that might have been my, my favorite scene in the whole thing. Yeah, that, that was kind of awesome. So we are going to be moving on. I will use this space bridge to transport my Decepticons into the heart of Cybertron and take over the entire space bridge network. Ha! You actually believe that ridiculous plan will work? 
From there, it will be a simple matter to transport all Decepticon forces onto a virtually defenseless Cybertron and take over the entire planet. And I have your expert space bridge technician to thank for it. I still don't understand where this expertise came from. I had a lot of time to study space bridge schematics back on the Energon farm. Just had a knack for him, I guess. Oh, well, that's great. So the one thing you're good at is gonna hand Cybertron over to the Decepticons. Don't get your circuits in a bunch. The space bridge is useless without a receiving code. And for that Megatron, we would need to have somebody already on Cybertron. Don't you remember anything? The transmission I picked up? Wasp? The Decepticon spy I caught back in boot camp? You mean the spy we caught in boot camp, don't you, Bumblebee? How do you know my name? Surely you recognize your old pal, Longarm. So, Wasp wasn't a double agent? Which means... You sent an innocent bot to the stockade. Decepticons, prepare for our conquest of Cybertron! What's a Cybertron? I have no idea. He lost me at your fate. is sealed now. But first, we need to test the space bridge. Just in case our Autobot expert decided to sabotage it. And I will be waiting for the test subject on this side. Just in case he didn't sabotage it. And finally up today is A Bridge Too Close. This is the two-part season finale. The way we're going to do this is we're going to talk about part one, and then we're going to talk about part two. Uh, and in part one, in his plan to take over Cybertron, Megatron captures Bulkhead after Shockwave mentions that he is a top space bridge engineer. With the threat of using the confiscated Headmaster unit on him and the construction insistence, Bulkhead is forced to help. The Autobots find a rescue party and discover that the blue race car from Velocity is actually an Autobot elite guard called elite guard member called Blur. Well, <laughs> no duh. way. Uh, the episode takes its title from the 1974 novel A Bridge Too Far, which was later adapted into a motion picture in 1977. Oh. Decepticon branding. What a cruel way to apply a Decepticon symbol. It's like a hazing ritual. <laughs> I know! <laughs> it's interesting to hear the Decepticon Creed, though, while they're... Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he makes Very them re cool. recite it before he tortures them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually have, from one of the quotes later in the episode, I have, uh, Surrender is not an option. <laughs> so that'll be in the, in, in, the, uh, in the audio quotes later. Just wait until um, the oil runs out. Oh, God. <laughs> well, once you go to Decepticon, you can never go back. I mean, we learned that in G1. Mm. Once Megatron fucks your programming, you're screwed. <laughs> well, unless you're Silverbolt. But anyway, or Waspinator. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, again, my note from last time. Yes, the Starscream clones are each of his personality. However... They are all also repaints to homage the other Seekers. Right. Uh, because you have the blue one is Thundercracker, the purple one's Skywarp, the white one's Ramjet, the orange one's uh, Sunstorm. Uh, and there's a the female. Yeah, Slipstream. That's she's, she's her own. 
<laughs> yeah, she's her own she's thing. She's new. But I don't she, think yeah, that... She's extremely new. What were you yeah, going to say? Completely different. I don't think that these colors or these personality traits were any of the, the first... or Any of these were of the first two that we met that were subsequently blown up. Skywarp is the same because Skywarp and he, Sunstorm... He wasn't, he wasn't those colors, though. No, no, no. Yeah, right. He wasn't those exact colors, but the personality is the same. He is the Freddy Cat uh, because when we saw him earlier with uh, w- w- with Ramjet, um, he was afraid of Lockdown and Prowl. He's like, no, please don't hurt me. And that's the same thing you have here with this version, and it is and this version is Skywarp um, because it is his colors. So we have the liar, the egomaniac, the coward, the suck-up, and the female. <laughs> How far to me did you come from? You don't want to know. <laughs> I kind of want to know. <laughs> I think everybody wanted to know. <laughs> it's the part of Starscream that likes to dress up as a girl. <laughs> oh, God. Drag queen Starscream. He's well, a cross-dresser. Uh, yeah, now we've created a whole new... You know, arm of fan art out there. Arm of fan art and fan fiction. Oh my god! Well, Starscream's no longer the one that the chicks hang all over. Now he hangs with the chicks. Never mind. Oh. Never mind. Yeah. He hangs low to the flow. <laughs> uh, bulkhead, the space bridge tech. Are you serious? <laughs> He's an expert at anything. <laughs> oh my god um and yay blur i i was so oh god as soon as blur transformed and as soon as the words started coming out of his mouth i instantly like i didn't even have to look it up i knew it was john mashita the, there, there's just no mistaking john mashita yeah there's a uh, uh, more I want to say like a, a reverb to his voice, like a mechanical reverb, than there was originally in G1. But you can still tell it's it's him, or at least infer that it's him. Well, it is him. He's in the credits. I mean, there's no... Yeah. Well, you know, for some reason, when I first heard that John Mashita was doing it, my first thought was, he's still alive? <laughs> that was my first thought, too. Yeah, because he he's never done anything. I mean, you'd think that a guy with a voice... Not just a noticeable, recognizable voice, but that he can do what he does. You'd think he would have worked pretty consistently over the years. Maybe he went into auction hunting. I, maybe. He's an auctioneer. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's it. There you go. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing for 30-odd years, but then suddenly but, he comes back to play Blur again. It's It was so, it's so awesome. I, I like actually, this Blur better. We're going to find... I'm going to find a way, I don't know if it'll be in the beginning of this episode, I don't know if it'll be at the end, but I actually spliced the entire conversation, everything Blur said in the episode, I spliced it all together into one clip, and I'm going to find a way to fit it in here somewhere, uh, because it's just amazing. <laughs> okay. And it all <laughs> happens in a space of like 30 seconds. Exactly. Every word. I watched this with Aiden. And he he was watching uh, Blur, and he says, he talks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, he talks really fast. That's what he does. And he goes, yeah, 
I guess he does talk fast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Please, please, let this be the last time Picasso head does the painting bullshit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bulkhead and his fucking art. Oh, God. He's the one that painted the big Autobot insignia on the floor. I guess, but... (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. The only uh, stock transformation scene, like the... When I say stock, I don't mean the the whirly transform up, transform down, but the only stock, like, background transformation scene I like is Megatron's. I don't care to see any of the other stock transformation scenes except his for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it has a purple background, but I don't know. All two minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bulkhead's gone, dude. He's just gone. Bumblebee's like, Bulkhead, where are you? He's testing out the uh, towing capacity of the fully wit-laden swallow. Exactly. The name's not Zippy. (laughs) (laughs) Zippy! (laughs) I don't think I've even known a bot named Zippy. (laughs) You won't be able to do it justice. Just play it back at the uh, quotes. Oh, I know, I know. (laughs) I wasn't trying to do it justice. Uh, And and just, like, after they have that whole scene and the Autobots go out and, and, and are looking for Bulkhead... So, so much action. I mean, it just, I mean, yeah. I don't even know where to begin. I, that, that was my only note about the action scenes is that there are so, there's just so much. Um, yeah. And then at the end, Starscream is attacking and that's where the, uh, that's where part one really ends is, is Starscream's going to attack Megatron. Steve, what did you think of part one? Uh, part one wasn't too bad, actually. Uh, I like the fact that they got the uh, the bridge started. I think that it's kind of hilarious that Bulkhead's supposed to be this uh, genius with bri- the space bridge. He doesn't seem like he could screw in a light bulb properly. <laughs> uh, I like how Megatron brands the new Decepticons or the Constructicons. Yeah. Just because it's... I mean, that's something they did in, like... Uh, G1 and then they uh, for like Skyfire and then they did it in the Unicron Trilogy too except it was more brutal how they did it in the Unicron Trilogy but um, uh, I I like that and then uh, as far as Starscream uh, with his chick version I believe that fits the definition of something we did in Beast Unleashed bot hole bag (laughs) so so yeah, that that actually has a fitting spot. Um, I like how Megatron, at at some point later on, decides to be an ass and just ties Sumdak like he's a chest ornament. <laughs> well, he had to do that. I mean, what was he gonna do when when he transformed and they put Sumdak in, inside his cockpit? He was sitting in there. But I mean, what's yeah. he gonna do once he transforms back into robot mode? And the other the thing about that is, sorry was like, no, that's my dad. He's alive. Don't shoot. It's the human shield. Well, technically, he could have been still inside the cockpit. It's only on his back. That's that's true. Uh, it reminded me of Megatron's uh, like, like uh, you're not killing me, buddy. 
<laughs> I have I have this uh, this special protection armor on my chest. It's Autobot proof. There's a gimp tied to my hood. <laughs> oh my god! I got a hood ornament, and it was real cheap. <laughs> That's what they did in Mad Max. They tie the gimp to the hood. And just try. I, I, well, you know, it's just yeah, connecting the dots here. But. No, I know that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what else, Steve? Um, like I said, overall, pretty enjoyable. Uh, I I think it's funny how Starscream kind of just, you know, makes his his uh his entrance in there with all of his little clones and decides to uh, have his own faction attacking Megatron. It's like yeah. World War Two here, fighting the <laughs> front war. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the battle scenes in this are just just amazing. I mean they just are. I mean it, and it's not even battle scenes like the ones that Kevin doesn't like, where it's super hyper time anime battle scenes. It's just regular beat down, drag out battle scenes, and they're just great. I do like this scene or this uh, this quote. He Starscream says, "I must be a bigger pain in the gear shaft than I thought." And then she says, "Well, well, well, look who just got to the party." And he's, like, "Don't start with me, woman." <laughs> what? What? Who's starting? What am I starting? <laughs> I think that's a recurring line. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. the two of them argue all the th- all throughout the two-parter, um, <laughs> like an old married couple. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Anything else for part one, Steve? Nope. Michael, what do you got? Uh, well, you know, this episode was mainly just a lot of action. Yep. Uh, I mean, well, aside from bulkhead painting, but mostly just straight action. Uh, but the thing that I noticed the most was the fact that in this episode, they tied in all of the loose plot threads from season two. Yep. So it's like, it's almost like they, they made a list of all the loose plot threads and then kind of mixed them all up in, in a, a cohesive whole and made an episode out of it. Um, I'll go down the list. We have uh, the Constructicons helping Megatron, which, you know, it's like, hey, where'd they go? You know, they, they, they just walk off into the sunset. No one knows what happens to them. And here they explain, oh, this is what happened to them. And now they're helping Megatron. Uh, we tie in Megatron's space bridge. Megatron had this space bridge he wants to build. It's coming together nicely under, uh, you know, some deck. And that was the last we heard of it. What happened to the space bridge? Uh, speaking of some deck, we have some deck's disappearance and he's been held by Megatron, but you know, sorry, doesn't know that the Autobots don't know that. Yeah. Uh, and that's revealed here. Uh, well, we, bring... we already knew it as the audience, though. Oh, we knew, but yeah, sorry, yeah. I didn't know. And it was a big yeah. reveal for her. She's like, oh, my dad is strapped to your chest like a gimp, you know. Uh, <laughs> then there's... My ornament. <laughs> he smells like a pine tree. And then there's Starscream's clones. Uh, we, you know, we, we were introduced to them. Two of them were blown up. We knew he had a whole bunch more, but we didn't know what he was going to do with them. And now here they are flying around going, ha ha. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we have Bulkhead's ambition of being a space bridge engineer. You know, it's like he went to boot camp, tying in boot camp. You know, he went. He, we knew that uh, 
that's what he wanted to do, but we didn't know that he was the best in the world, which is really cool. I mean, honestly, well, if that's your life's dream to be a space bridge engineer, then, you know, to be the best is really kind of neat. That's an accomplishment, right? I think one of the things is is that they did say, I don't know how many other space bridge techs are on Cybertron, and Shockwave does say that, the foremost expert in space bridge tech is actually on earth. And I think what they're kind of going for there is that out of the, obviously Sumdak knows, Sumdak only does reverse engineering. He knows nothing about, you know, space bridge travel. So I think that's what they were kind of comparing it to. It's like Sumdak can't do it. Let's find what Cybertronian can. And it just so happens to be this dim-witted starfish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So we have more <laughs> surfish. Uh, we have some more bulkhead because you know bulkhead was in the art, and yeah. you know so we tie in the art. Uh, the blue racer returns, who ends up being blur, which is kind of cool. The headmaster unit was another you know good chunk of uh, season two. He comes back. Or it comes back, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Just, just the unit not, comes back. Yeah, not the headmaster, not not Masterson, but and yeah. that, yeah, and uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, Shockwave, the traitor, Shockwave being the traitor, uh, that yep. comes back. Uh, they mention Wasp in passing. Yeah. Uh, the whole deal with Sari not wanting to repair the Autobot ship because then they would go away. You know, we bring back repairing the ship. Yeah, uh, and then the ship actually flies. Maybe Ooh. not in this episode, but the next episode. But you know, so yeah, they get the ship repaired. So this this huge long laundry list of plot threads that came and went, they uh, they kind of mix up nicely. Yeah, it's like a big jumble of loose ends, but it comes together in such a way that that you really want to see how it plays out. Oh yeah. Now the only things that they didn't include. That I noticed were the human villains, which hey, no big loss, right? Masterson wasn't here, even though the headmaster unit was. So hey, big thumbs up uh, to those from those who don't like uh, human villains. And Swindle was missing, but I'm assuming he's uh, you know frozen somewhere in a car lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the human villains and Swindle, they're all in jail. We're not going to worry about them. Uh, but they also purposefully left out Black Arachnia and the Dinobots. And, uh, uh, you know, and to me, I'll say, I think that was a good call because in the last season finale, they made it a point to, A, run into Black Arachnia, uh, and who... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ended up as like a, a, a steed of some sort for, uh, sorry, briefly. Uh, and then there was the uh, Prime took, I want to say Sentinel and Ultra Magnus to the island to meet yeah. the Dinobots. 
Yeah. And then that was it. That was the last you saw of them. So, I mean, they tried to visit these two plot points in the first season finale, and or, yeah, and they they fizzled out. Nothing happened with them. So I think it was a good move to skip them this time around. And honestly, there's nothing here for them to do. I mean, because Black right. Arachnia's whole plot is she wants to purge herself. Right. And that will will come again later in season three because she continues to want to do that. But as far as the season finale here, what you have to tie up is everything you just mentioned. You have to tie up all the major, major plot points. And let's face right. it, while the Dinobots are cool characters, while Black Arachnia might be a cool character, their storylines Nothing have, for them here. It has no place here at all. Yeah. Well, that would have been my argument last time in the last season finale. It's like, why are we even visiting them? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and yet, you know, they didn't have anything to do there, and now they they didn't have anything to do here either. So it was, so it was nice to skip them. But what was really cool is that they managed to k- bring everything else together. Yeah, I mean, maybe Bulkhead's art wasn't all that important, but you know, the blue racer, uh, finally getting to see who that is, and you know, I know in that original episode when they introduced the blue racer, you were like, that's blur. Clearly, it's blur. <laughs> I didn't know it was blur. so a lot of things that they again follow up with that that it was really nice to see them all uh all all these plot points come to fruition well i don't really care about bulkhead's art i just thought of something why it's important for this episode because no one believes that he knows what he's doing granted his art thing is a little whatever but um yeah. Um, having it here is kind of like reaffirming that his team doesn't always believe in him. And when it comes later, they should because he knows what he's talking about when it comes to space bridges. Exactly. Yeah, I'll buy so, that. Um, I don't know. What else you got? Uh, for part one, that's about it. I mean, it's hard to, to really get too in-depth when it's just a bunch of people beating on each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we are going to move into part two right the hell now. In the shocking season finale, the Autobots face off against Megatron and the Decepticons to save Earth and Cybertron. However, Starscream and his clones attack Megatron's hideout. In the climax of the battle, the Autobot ship takes on a robot form called Omega Supreme, after which Sari is revealed to have stuff. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> stuff. It's that time Even of the month. Even adult. <laughs> <laughs> when folks said, wow, wow. This is wrong. Uh, She's still eight. I mean, come on. Well, for now. <laughs> Well, up, for another Steve. couple episodes. Anyway. Shut up, Steve. For now. Well, you know, I, I left out what it does actually say in the synopsis because well, no, that's a no, key no. thing. That is a key thing for the very end of the episode. So uh, my first note for this one was finally Bumblebee admits he's not the fastest thing on wheels. Finally. <laughs> well, it blurs there. I mean. Well, Blur, you know, it it's fucking Blur, but Blur goes through during the battle. He goes through and he executes this, like, super ninja, f- you know, 2,000 miles an hour. Uh, oh. 
move with the stasis cuffs. Don't even get me started on that. That was not a super ninja move. That was called the tornado. And you know what? That's not a move. That's called lazy art. Oh, come on. You know, it is. You know honestly, they could have they could have shown something cool like, you know, Yoda spinning around with a lightsaber, bouncing off everyone's head in circles and and landing and ha-ha, and they just drop dead. Blur could pull that off, you know, because he's that fast. But instead, it's there's a tornado around them, and then he stops, and they drop. <laughs> and then they roll. Lazy. Yeah, it's just lazy. I guess. Um, and so we finally, you know, we've kind of they've kind of hinted here and there that the ship has a personality or that the ship has some hidden thing, but we haven't re- like Ratchet kind of hints at it during the the other episodes in season one and season two. But it isn't until now, until Omega Supreme is born and revealed in this episode, in this episode, in this season, the wonderfully talented Kevin Michael Richardson voices him. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Omega Supreme is the coolest thing ever. In this series, yeah. So far, yeah. I mean, I wanted a toy. I wanted a Supreme size, you know, Supreme class Omega Supreme toy. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Don't even get me started. That would have been extremely obscure for most kids, though. Omega Supreme? For most children in this day and age that their parents are teaching them about stuff, possibly. Uh, He's a character in the show at this point. I know he's a character in the show, but, you know... Okay, I'm gonna throw Michael under the bus here. You're a perfect example. You're, you 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 <laughs> teach Aiden and Gavin. You teach Aiden and Gavin all about Transformers, but say they haven't seen G. Say you haven't shown them G1 yet, and you're showing them animated first. Right. And they see Omega Supreme. They're not gonna know who. Okay, it's Omega Supreme. He's a giant, super cool robot. That's all they're gonna know. They're not gonna know the relevance of what he is. Oh, well, you know, I don't teach my kids about G1 either. They're not going to see animated Starscream and go, oh, that character was first introduced in 1984, you know, based on a Diaclone mold from 1978. You know, they're not going to know these things. I don't think they care. But, you know, they damn sure do want a toy of animated Starscream because he's that cool. Yeah, exactly. So that's my point is, I mean, I I own, you know, it was a 1986 Omega Supreme, but... I don't own a Transformers animated Omega Supreme, and I would really like to. I think that would be awesome. Yes, yes, it would. Um, I literally, nearly, and this is the, this is a note for Thorzine for Brad Blankenship because I literally fell out of my. I swear to God, I fell out on the floor, out of my chair, laughing when Megatron said this line. It's better than an army of cheap knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Brad's wall. <laughs> oh, that's unfair. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> His wall is awesome. I have to admit. I, I wish I had a wall like that. Um, I know Steve doesn't like the humans, and I really don't care when any. I don't really. I don't really care when Masterson uses the gamer speak, but when Sumdak said it, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought oh, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of lame. He's like total ownage noob. 
the funny part was the line directly after that when Starscream says, "You just cut off my head." <laughs> <laughs> I dropped. That was I, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> that was the best use of the headmaster unit ever. I no, I, I had actually forgotten when I went back and I watched. I haven't watched season three yet for the purposes of this podcast. But when I went back after season three ended and I rewatched a couple episodes. I forgot in Transwarped why the Starscream body didn't have a, like I forgot why he, he lost his head. <laughs> oh, and now I now I remember. Now I um, remember. Was it just me or when Ramjet the the Ramjet clone when he walks by and he kicks Starscream's body? It reminds me of Starscream kicking Megatron in TFTM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what shocked me is that you know the well, I don't want to say the minute, but yeah, the minute Starscream's head gets cut off, just like that, all the clones defect to Megatron. Yep, exactly. They're like, oh, okay then, screw you, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, I love this quote. For, this is like my favorite cl- quote from Random Crazy Blitzwing. Mayday, Mayday, let's all dance around the maple. <laughs> I don't know why, but every time I hear that line, I just crack up. Uh, Space Bridge Vacuum kind of reminds me of when uh, Donatello uh, inverted uh, uh, the dimensional portal in the 87 Turtles cartoon and sucked the Technodrome into Dimension X. Yeah. You know, I was thinking something a little different. Uh, I I was reminded of, uh, you know, the evil vortex at the end of the Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one where Ash gets sucked up, and then he's like, how do you stop this thing? And it sucks him up, and that's how you end up with the Army of Darkness. Yeah, exactly. But that's what that reminded me of, just this huge vortex sucking up everything. Yeah. Sorry is a robot. We need to talk. <laughs> this is a talk that they should have had at the end of Season 1. End of Season 1, yep. That's just, exactly where that came yeah. from about... The no, need to... you're not human. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I thought that like this is how a cliffhanger should be. Yeah. Exactly. This is how a cliffhanger should be. And then they kind of they don't really it doesn't ruin it doesn't ruin the episode for me, but they kind of like leave the mystery away because they they pan afterwards to Megatron and Starscream floating through space. Stop staring at me. <laughs> that ending was great. That might have been yeah, the best was, ending ever. It yeah. So far it it was the best yeah. season ending ever of the series. Yeah. Uh, well, Steve the, <laughs> Oh good, Michael. I was gonna say the banter between Starscream and Megatron at the end. I mean, they get a good two minutes just to bicker like old women, you know. And oh yeah, yeah. Like, stop looking at me. I'm not looking at you. You're ugly. <laughs> it was just great. I, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. <laughs> I hate that commercial. <laughs> Steve, what do you got for this one? For part two. Um. Well, I like the decapitation. That's of course great. Uh. <laughs> The headmaster thing almost made it look like Starscream wearing his crown. If you kind of looked at it just right. Mm, when the headmaster jumped on his shoulders. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That, if you're not that, looking at it close up, it looks like Starscream wearing his crown. Right. 
I require screenshots. Uh, go to the wiki. But anyways, uh, uh, I think it's kind of lame how they they bring in this this monster character of Omega Supreme, and they're like goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> they just they just yeah they shit can him right away. It's like yeah, really? he's on there a whole five minutes, and then he sacrifices himself. He's like, I just woke up. I want to go back to bed, so I'm gonna just die. And he then says, uh, this is why you can't have anything nice. And then he disappears. And now states the time where they cannot list sorry as a human anymore. Yeah, on the wiki after this it says episode, other. they release they, they they list her as other. <laughs> I like this line between Starscream and Megatron, though. It's not like you to hide behind an Autobot, but it's completely like you to hide behind an army of cheap knockoffs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's almost like G1 when Starscream I, had the clone. And, and, and again, that's why I mentioned Thorzine earlier. That's why I mentioned Brad earlier, because that was the first thing I thought of, is the, you know, the, the real Transformers toys, like the... The original Transformers toys versus the knockoff discussion that we all in the argument that we always get into. I love this other this other quote though, between Megatron and Starscream. Stop staring at me. No, you stop staring at me. Do you think I actually want to spend the rest of eternity gazing at your unsightly visage? Trust me, your visage is no picnic either. And your face is ugly too. <laughs> your face oh, is ugly too. <laughs> oh, someone just take me offline now. What do you think I've been trying to do for the last four million stellar cycles? <laughs> it's funny, really, when you think about it. Tragic, but funny. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, that was a great scene. Yeah, it was. It's one of those scenes where I would have wished to have seen that cutscene, but they showed it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What else you got, Steve? Uh, I'd say it was a pretty good ending for uh, a second season, and left you definitely wanting season three to come. It, they kind oh, of yes. they kind of brought it up to a high point, uh, and I think this is probably the first two parter where it's actually gotten uh, come full circle and actually made any damn sense. Oh yeah, <laughs> like if you hated it before this point, it's all uphill from here. Most definitely. We still have to convince Kevin of that, though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He needs to know. See, he needs to know. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Okay. Are you quoting? Oh, come on! I had to work the Casper thing in there. Jesus Christ! Almost sounded like you're quoting uh, uh, the Santa Claus. No, it originally was from Casper. Michael, what do you got for part two? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, again, there, there's only so much you can say about non-stop graphic violence. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. I mean, I really enjoyed this this episode. Uh, I thought it was a really nice close. Uh, we got to see a lot of the Starscream clones. Uh, the, the Liar clone is my favorite. Yeah, the liar clone is funny as hell. He says, I'm not down. I can escape anytime I want to. I just don't want to. <laughs> I thought he was great. And he's fighting Omega Supreme, and he says, hey, look, your stabilizer servo is untied. 
<laughs> I love this guy. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so awesome. I still don't understand why you know Starscream can't just kill Megatron. Because Starscream is incompetent. Well, no, I mean Starscream had a, well, Starscream and you know Starscream's brigade, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, had a pretty good shot at killing Megatron there. I mean, they were all ganged up on him. They had him held down. Starscream had the his sword and was like, "Ha ha! How about this for irony?" You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Prime actually came in and saved him. And uh, well, I forget what the exact quote was, but Megatron said, "You know, ah, oh, I wouldn't have expected you to come in and save me." And, and Prime says something that he didn't. Yeah, he's like, "I'm not saving you," and I'm thinking, "Well, who is he saving? Why? Why is he bothering?" Because you know, honestly, I think that Prime and his crew would have a much better shot defeating Starscream and his clones. Than they would Megatron. They've already proven that Megatron can beat all their asses hands down. But if yep. Starscream's clones take out Megatron, well, number one, we we we've now defeated the Hitler of the Transformers animated universe. Number two, we have some already weakened in battle clones that we can easily pick off. So where's the harm? Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not really sure what the reasoning here is. Why they have to save Megatron? I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> it's like, let him defeat Megatron. Go ahead. That's cool. Yeah, sure. I think it's because just... Prime's scared of uh, Starscream since that first episode uh, debut. Maybe. Well, I think the thing here is they don't want anybody to have access to the well, space bridge. Exactly. I mean, right. it's like, you know, it's like Steve Jobs handing the keys to the kingdom to Bill Gates. <laughs> Steve doesn't want Bill Gates to have the keys to Apple. Yeah. No one should have a right. space bridge other than the Autobots in this series. Right, but again, you know, with Megatron out of the way, he Megatron has already softened up Starscream and his clones at this point, and we already know that the clones are easy to pick off. Yeah. Prowl has taken out Starscream by himself. Yep. This wouldn't be that difficult to do. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, well, you're not going to get access to the space bridge either. Okay, fine. You know, boom. You're, you know, there, there you go. I've toppled your king. Yeah, yeah. Checkmate. Uh, yeah, the so only that, thing missing from the Megatron Starscream banter back and forth throughout the two seasons so far yeah. is like when Meg, like when Starscream first came back. And he was attacking Megatron, and then and they kept throwing Starscream out, and they kept repeating that like wash, rinse, repeat. Right. The only thing that's been missing is this is bad comedy. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> it's the only thing missing stuff. so far. <laughs> Lubrication, Starscream. This is bad <laughs> sodomy. <laughs> I don't know about that, but well, no, I mean that it sounds a lot like coronation. Yeah. 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 Coronation search game. Anyway, uh, um, but, but uh, yeah, like you said, uh, the, the cliffhanger than the first finale. The first finale, the first season finale from season one, had no cliffhanger. You had no reason whatsoever to look forward to uh, the next season. And this time around, well, there's there's sorry with her weird elbow. 
her freaky yeah. elbow that she looks tragically hurt to see. I mean, it's it's the look on her face at the end is like, oh, I feel bad for her. But she's got a freaky robot elbow, so I can't feel too bad for her. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that that's and the way she likes it. <laughs> freaky uh, elbow. But uh, and then lastly, you know, you've got Starscream Megatron out there, and that is well at this point, you know, is your last plot point. Your uh, your last loose plot end. You've got Sari with her weird elbow, and then you've got Megatron out there, and you know they're not just going to let Megatron float around and die. You know something's going to happen to him. Unicron's going to come along, or he's going to get Dark Energon stuck in his chest, or he's going to somehow hijack and make a Supreme. Something's going to happen. <laughs> One of these things doesn't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> but all three have happened to some continuity. But I'm just, you know, whenever they strand him out in the middle of nowhere, with or without a Starscream head, something <laughs> happens to him. They they can't just let him go. Exactly. Well, he is Megatron after all. I mean, there you go. You can't just leave the Decepticon leader floating in the deadness of space. All right, so. We are going to go to some quotes, some ads, and then we're going to head to Cybertron for Optimus Solo's thoughts on the final three episodes of Season 2. Deploy your emergency defense mode. Codename Omega. I can't. Don't give up on me now, Junior. Give him a jolt with your key while I loosen up a few of his joints. Joints? This ship has joints? Hang on to something, kid! I am Omega Supreme! Transformation Animation Podcast will be back after these messages. Here is quote number one. What's the matter with you? You're an excavator, not a golf cart. Grow a backhoe and let's get some oil. Here's quote number two. Surrender is not an option. And quote number three. I plan to make him an offer he cannot refuse. Finally, quote number four. Mayday! Mayday! Let's all dance around the maypole! Soundwave, jam the transmission! No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show, now co-host, Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast 
discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Stan Bush here, and I dare you to check out Radio Free Cybertron. This is Brian Kilby, host of Radio Free Cybertron, the original Transformers internet radio show, and one of the world's first podcasts. First online in 1999. Yes, 1999. We've been doing this for a while. We are also the official podcast of TFormers.com, and quite frankly, we're pretty awesome. So check us out, tfradio.net. Hey guys, it's your Cybertronian correspondent Optimus Solo reporting live from Cybertron with this week's episodes of Transformers Animated. We start out with episode 27, the 11th one of the second season called Sorry, No One's Home, pun on the spelling of the word sorry, haha, written by Todd Casey, who before this wrote a episode called Nature Calls, which wasn't the greatest episode. Um... And he even finds a way to actually reference Nature Calls in this when Sari references the Barnacle Monster, so kudos to you for referencing your other episode, I guess. Um, this episode is absolutely god-awful. I know I sound like a broken record, but the writing in this episode is terrible because it's unbelievable. First of all, um, why would a Decepticon, Blitzwing, start a fight with five Autobots? Alright, Decepticons are all brash and, and, you know, the evil villain type characters, but you're not going to start a fight when you're outnumbered 5 to 1. And why is that battle lasting more than a second? It's not bad enough that they had this as a, as a scene, but then Blitzwing is actually beating all five Autobots. That's unfreaking believable and then just about when he's got every, he's got somebody you know he's got ratchet all hooked up he's ready to kill somebody or you know to take someone captive hostage and megatron tells him to disengage really that's lame not only is that lame but as lame as it is that all five autobots couldn't beat blitzwing how about sorry beating both constructicons on her own this is just terrible every part of this episode is bad you have sorry beating both Constructicons, you have Blitzwing beating the entire team of Autobots, and then Megatron telling him to stop right before he actually has some. Megatron wouldn't do that. I know Megatron was more um, looking for, you know, that wasn't his goal and he wanted the, the Constructicons, etc., but he would still see as an evil leader be like, oh, you have an Autobot on the ropes, let's take advantage of this. He's not stupid, so stop portraying Megatron as stupid. And the other thing that really bugged me about this episode was the use of the phrase, what the front loader? If another freaking cartoon or or show substitutes other words for cuss words, I'm going to scream. It's bad enough for the, all the fracking on Battlestar Galactica and the whiskers on Thundercats. What the front loader? Really? 
I hate it when people substitute words for cuss words. Either don't use the line at all, or find you know some other way to convey your emotions. Other than that, my only nitpicky things, uh, Transformers have taste buds, in case you didn't know that. Uh, Bumblebee apparently has a never-ending supply of oil inside him, so he can leak consistently through the entire episode and still have oil to be leaking continuously. Um, anybody else see the interesting parking lot lines? I've never seen parking lot lines striped off in actual boxes. Usually you just have the two vertical, or not vertical, but the two lines going down the sides of the cars. They actually had boxes. That was interesting. I don't know who came up with that art uh, call. Um, I don't know if that was Derek J. Wyatt or not, but um, that was kind of odd. But uh, I don't know. This episode was just pretty much terrible, so it gets a 3 out of 10. Let's move on to a much better episode, which is A Bridge Too Close, Part 1 and Part 2, which was written by the first part, Marsha Griffin, um, and the second part, Marty Eisenberg. So far, Marsha Griffin has given us all solid episodes, and Marty Eisenberg has given us pretty much solid episodes, with the one lone exception being Nanosec. Um... We have a lot of stuff going on in this episode. We have the clones of Starscream, which is probably my only nitpicking problem with this episode, is if we're going to have clones of Starscream, I like the idea. I also like the idea of splitting the personality traits of Starscream amongst the clones. My problem, like I kind of mentioned before, is that they all have the same voice except for the female Starscream. Um... Here's the problem with this. If you're going to have different personalities, and if you're going to have a female being the voice of one of them, then all of them should have had different voices. It's kind of akin to Blitzwing and his different uh, faces and different voices for each person. And They did that right, but then they did it wrong here. Every one of Starscream's clones should have had a different voice. Um, or at least the same voice actor giving different voices. He uses the exact same voice, and then you throw in a female voice, which defeats the purpose. So if you're going to have that female voice in there, then all of them should have been different. Um, but that's just a minor nitpick. They still are cool, and it's great writing in this episode as far as the um, the dialogue between the different Starscreams in order to display the different personalities. It was very complex in there, and it probably wasn't the easiest thing to do to get all those in there, so that was good writing. Um, Shockwave is excellent, as always. Um, but I, I guess my only other problem with this episode is Bulkhead being the space bridge scientist. It should have been someone else. They should have been bringing someone in from Cybertron or from space, like, you know, whatever, some other science-type bot, um, you know, like a Wheeljack Perceptor type. I know some of those make appearances, but... Um, or it should have been Ratched if it was someone on Earth. And Bulkhead should not have been that character. Um, another thing, you notice when they show his uh, aptitude test, they say he has no other skills, but there were other category bars that were just as far as his space bridge, or almost as far, so that didn't make any sense. The graphic did not fit with the dialogue there. Um, Good to see Blur again. He's easily one of the best characters of the season, and maybe even the series so far, and he does get a lot of dialogue in here, um, John Machida style, so... uh, that was awesome. Um, pretty much a decent uh, overall episode for the first part. And then in the second part, you have um, a few cool lines. This coming from the guy who rebuilt Megatron when uh, Sumdak was giving him a hard time. That was a cool line. Um, Omega Supreme coming to life. I mean, obviously, we've seen the ship and we've known that it looks exactly like Omega Supreme, so we can kind of predict that he's going to eventually come to life. Um, that was awesome. His voicing was awesome. Uh, I really hope that wasn't another one episode come to life and now he is dead type thing. I hope he reappears somewhere now that he's out in space, hopefully somewhere, Um, but I'll have to wait and see for that. Um, My only nitpick of the second 
uh, part of this two-parter was bringing the headmaster idea back again. Um, could we overuse this anymore? Can we let the headmaster die? The headmaster little plot line has now showed up in what three episodes? I really hope this is the last time we see that. And then my final thing, which is the only thing that's starting to ruin a really good two-parter, because overall this was a really solid two-part episode. I mean, you had the Constructicons in there again, you had Omega Supreme, you had Shockwave, you had Blur, you know, you had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of good stuff, very limited on the humans, so that was good. Very solid episode. I've seen this coming for weeks, and I'm... I was hoping I was wrong about it, but the whole sorry being a transformer or being some type of robot mechanical being is absolutely retarded. Um, maybe they'll shock me and change my mind as we get through this, but I've been dreading this for weeks, and I was really hoping I was wrong about it, and the fact that they showed her arm as a robotic mechanical type of you know, object is really depressing. Um, but maybe they'll do something good with it. I, I've been told that this series just keeps getting better, and now we're done with two seasons. Um, so season three must be spectacular. So I will hold out hope for season three. Um, but I do give this two-parter a 7 out of 10. I'm glad we ended season two on a high note, and hopefully that can transition into great things in season three. So back to the guys on Earth. Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. Yes, we are back here on Earth so thank you to the Cybertronian correspondent for that. As far as sorry, no one's home. I said in the beginning of the episode that I was going to bring this up at the end here. Um, about Blitzwing and the fact that Blitzwing decimates all five Autobots and he's just one Decepticon. First of all, Megatron told him, do not engage the Autobots. He disobeyed Megatron's orders. Right. It's if his Blitzwing crazy side. Had- his crazy side is what made him do it. Yeah. I mean, Blitzwing was supposed to go get the Headmaster unit, I think, is what is why he was out there. He was supposed because I think no, Megatron... No, he was out there looking for the Constructicons. Oh, that's right, that's right. Right, he that's said, right. go get the Constructicons, do not engage the Autobots. Exactly, and the Autobots and see him, and I'm almost thinking that they fired first. No, they didn't. Uh... They, they well, you know, uh, Bulkhead saw him fly by, right. and Bumblebee says, "Are you sure?" And Bulkhead says, "I, I think so," but no, it was actually uh, Blitzwing saw them, and then he transformed and kind of free fall out of the sky straight at him. You know, but regardless, he did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, taking out all the Autobots. I mean, he was doing it one at a time for the most part, but... But see, that's the thing, though. There are five Autobots. They should be able to take down one Decepticon. I don't think so. I mean, with the exception of Prowl taking out uh, Starscream by himself on the moon, they really haven't had a whole lot of luck against the Decepticons. Especially not one as as big as uh, Blitzwing with his uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger face on. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Megatron was completely justified in telling him to break off. I don't think it was a sign of weakness. I think it was, you know, reestablishing the orders that he gave him originally. Right. And that's and and, and that's the point. But what Kevin was saying in the clip was it makes know, Megatron look weak. No, it makes Blitzwing look weak because you have you have Blitzwing decimating these five Autobots. 
why would Megatron call a retreat? And my answer to that is because of the fact that Blitzwing disobeyed the order. Right. He wasn't supposed to engage them in the first place. Um, right. I don't know. Any notes to Kevin for Sorry No One's Home, Steve? No. Yeah, Steve. Nope. Nothing. Okay, Michael. <laughs> uh, I, I had the note about the Blitzwing thing, which is basically what you said. And secondly, uh, Kevin doesn't like it when, when they cuss. Or more specifically, he <laughs> doesn't like it when they say, what the front-end loader was that? What the front loader? What the front end loader? And it's not like he's not saying it, you know. And it was funny because I noticed he had mentioned before he didn't like, like in Battlestar Galactica when they say frack, he doesn't like it when on uh, Thundercats when Lino says whiskers, mm-hmm. which I think is funny. And I don't know if it's just the way my brain is wired, but I didn't even hear front end loader. I just heard fuck. Well, right. My brain but, just filled in the blank for me. It didn't even occur right. to me that that it, that they he, had masked. He doesn't it actually say front end. He just says what the front loader. I don't think he says end. Actually, for some reason, I have it written down as front end loader. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Maybe he said front loader. Anyway, but what it comes down to is it's it's an F word. It counts, kinda. <laughs> And as far as a bridge too close, I only had two notes for Kevin. Um, he doesn't like uh, Star. He doesn't like Tom Kenny doing Starscream's voice, and he doesn't like that it had to be Tom Kenny doing the voice of the clones. The one thing I will say is that even though it was Tom Kenny doing the same voice, he uses very many different inflections for each clone. Right. You you could easily tell them apart. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't um, mind at all, but his, he makes a, a good point about, you know, the female Starscream. Tom Kenny probably could have pulled off a female Starscream. <laughs> it would have been funny. It probably wouldn't have been appropriate, because eventually, I want to say that character kind of splits off on her own. She does split. Well, she's not splitting off on her own. She, what happens was, and, and we're kind of getting into season three here, um, she's just flying along. Yeah, I mean, let's not give too much of it away, but what it it comes down to is, yeah, you're gonna we're gonna see a lot more of her, and it's probably better that she has her own voice. Oh yeah, because you're gonna hear from her more often than you are any of the other clones. Yeah, yeah, pretty much because she's, um... and (laughs) guess what, Michael? (laughs) Yeah. It's Tara Strong. <laughs> oh, is it? It's Slipstream, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was in Cree Summer, but, I mean, it just sounded very screechy. For some reason, I was thinking of, like, uh, one of the Misfits or something. <laughs> you know, it's this wow. horrible, screechy voice. Bringing in the Gem and the Holograms references. Wow. Um, I think what they've done here, and you mentioned this earlier, uh, with Blur, how John Machida has kind of like a reverb or some sort of robotic thing. To, I yeah. think what they've done here with some of the Transformers is, I, I hate to say it, but it's the only thing I can think of, vocoding. They've put some, like, to make the voices, because, you know, Tara has a multitude of voices that she can do, but to distinguish from, say, Sorry to Slipstream, yeah. they probably had to put something behind her voice 
to distinguish it, maybe? I don't know. I didn't notice uh, any like echoing or reverb to the voice, um, but I just did notice it. It has a screechy quality. Right. And it's, yeah. it's almost like it's almost like she's going through puberty or something. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Uh, any notes for Kevin on Bridge Too Close, Steve? Nope. Any anything else, Michael, that you want to bring up? Uh, not specifically. Okay. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. There are several ways to get in contact with us. Leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can comment on each episode post. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. You can stream us on Stitcher uh, Smart Radio. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFU and Mike. Steve, what is your Twitter? SCP21. And Michael? PeconCT Michael. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradionetwork. We have now hit 275 fans. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast. I wish you'll join us next time when we'll be doing the Season 2 Recap. And hopefully Optimus Solo can catch another flight back to Earth. Uh, for now, I am TFG on Mike with Michael Wilson and Steve Megatron Phillips. Well, tap you again next week unless Michael gets the death illness or something. I hope not. It's not like you to hide behind an Autobot, Megatron. But it's completely like you to hide behind an army of cheap knockoffs. Transform and roll out. Never before have I seen a more impressive group of lethal fighting machines. And pretty good looking, if I do say so myself. That pompous bag of bolts Megatron won't know what hit him. He'll be crushed in our wake. Against Megatron? Are you insane? Huh? I think I just sprang an oil leak. Silence, you fool. Megatron is a worthless pile of scrap metal compared to my genius. Brilliant observation, brilliant. But your genius pales in comparison to the genius of our leader, the original Starscream. Oh, I could listen to this one all day. What are you talking about? I am the original Starscream. Liar. I am the original Starscream. I never said I was the original Starscream. You just did right now. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Oh, haven't you figured it out yet? He's a pathological liar. Each of us clones represents one aspect of your personality. He's a coward. He's an egomaniac. He's a suck-up. He's a liar. I am not. So, which part of me did you come from? Don't ask.